to Uncorked in Conversation. I am very excited to bring you tonight's episode. It is September 24th. We are in the month of September. And as many of our listeners may know, you may not know, this is Brain Aneurysm Awareness Month. And we would like to discuss um, details about brain aneurysm awareness and, and signs to look for. And we're very excited to have a dear friend of mine on tonight. Hello, Dulce. Hi. How's hi, everybody? Say hi. hi. Hello. Thanks I'm for having me. I'm very excited to have you on. Thank you so much for being here. I, I spent um, a very limited amount of time at NYU, as, as many of my friends know. And uh, the one of the most beautiful things that came out of that was that I made lifelong friends that I am still in touch with more than 30 years later. And Dulce happens to be one of those people. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Aww. So a great privilege to uh, have her involved in this tonight. Um, Dulce, I'm going to turn the floor over to you for just, uh, well, actually not just for a second, but go ahead and kick, kick us off. I'd like for you, if you would, to introduce yourself to our um, audience and talk to us about your experience in uh, with brain aneurysm and brain health and the events that took place when you were diagnosed, if you will, um, with the with the brain aneurysm that you suffered. Okay. Um, well, let's see. About in 2008, I was working as a real estate appraiser, and I was driving to work on 287. I don't know um, if any of you guys are in New Jersey or not. Um, it's a major interstate. Um, you know, four lane highway with trucks and everything like that. And I was driving to work and it was a, I remember it was a beautiful, beautiful blue day. I just hung up on the phone with one of my friends and all of a sudden I heard a, just a shock into my eye. And it felt like somebody just took a knife and stabbed me. Then all of a sudden my whole neck and shoulders were completely stiff. I couldn't move anything. Now I had a history of fainting and I was like, okay, maybe I'm just fainting. You know what? Uh, luckily I'm in traffic, thank God for that. And I knew enough that I needed to pull over because I started feeling like my body was swerving or the car was swerving, something was happening that I knew was you know, not right. So I pulled myself over on the, on the shoulder, drank some water, I had some granola bar, but I still felt the same. So, you know, I didn't know what to do. My first inclination which was kind of crazy is I called work and I said, Hey, I think I'm going to be late today. Um, I, something's wrong. I think I need to go see a doctor. And, um, they were like, okay, you know, don't worry, take care of yourself, whatever. And at this point I started getting really scared because I was like, I don't know what's happening. So, um, I called my sister at first. I call, I didn't call my mom because my mom was at a, um, like a business meeting in Virginia. My husband was in an interview in New York City. And so the only person I could call at that point was my sister who luckily was home. And she has a friend who's a police officer who sent an ambulance to me. And they were asking me all these like really weird questions like, do you have meningitis? Have you ever been out of the country? Cause I guess, cause of my neck and you know, shoulders were all stiff. They didn't know. Now I did something really stupid at this point because I could have gone into the ambulance, but for two reasons, I didn't want to go one, the cost, 
And two, uh, they were going to a different hospital from where I wanted to be. I wanted to be at the hospital near my house. So my sister had her come to get me and she drove me to the hospital that's five minutes from my house. And, you know, still nobody said anything to me. Nobody knew anything. And then um, they were like, oh, well, let's do an ultrasound on you and all this stuff. And my sister and I were being really silly. And, you know, she was just trying to distract me and whatever. And I still had a headache. I still couldn't move my neck. I still couldn't move my shoulders, nothing. And um, the doctor came in and, and he just blurted out. He goes, you have a brain aneurysm. You're, you, no, you have blood on your brain. Um, you're, you, you have an aneurysm that ruptures. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? Like, what is that? Now, bear in mind, this is 2008. So that's 12 years ago. Wow. I can't find the word to describe how my heart is is sinking you experience something and that's you know scary and terrifying but it's so amazing to know that you have survived it what are some of the important facts that we should know about brain aneurysm that aneurysms happen in one in 50 people happen more often in women happen more often in women of color um, a lot of it can be because of high blood pressure, which I had, I didn't know at the time. Um, it could be a genetic thing, like you just were born with it, or um, someone in your family could have had it and passed it along to you. Oh, that's the same thing, never mind. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, so they didn't give me any reasons, but of course, the majority of aneurysms happen at the front of the brain. It's like a frontal lobe. That's the majority of where all of them happen. But mine, was in the back of my head. If you picture a tree branch, right? All the arteries in your head are like tree branches. My aneurysm was a branch off of a branch. So they would normally have cut my head open and clipped it if it were in the front because it was, you know, that's the way they do it, did it back then. But because of where mine was, um, they had to do it in a different way, which was a method called coiling. And what they do is they take a this like tube, I guess, and they stick it into your femoral artery, which is down by your groin, and snake it up all the way to your brain. And they did this with um, they did this with an angiogram where they you literally could see him going through all the arteries into my brain, and they stuck these um, platinum coils into the um, spot where the where it ruptured to stop it from bleeding like it's to fill the the um bubble up if i had a picture just picture uh a picture like something that's like a, a long tube and in the middle of the tube is like a little balloon that's an aneurysm okay mine burst so blood is not supposed to be in the brain um i don't remember honestly from the point where i got to the hospital and they said you need to, you, you, we can't do a craniotomy on you. We have to send you to another hospital. Say, so put me in an ambulance and sent me to another hospital about 45 minutes from my house. Luckily, the doctor that was there is the guy that invented this procedure that sends the, the uh, platinum coils into the um, aneurysm. Now, um, Dulce, you mentioned it's been 12 years since your brain aneurysm. Can you tell us what do you remember while you were in the hospital? During that time, 
there were a couple of incidents which I don't know or remember. My husband said he remembered there was a point where he and his mom and my, his mom and he were in my room and the nurse put me on a chair so they could tend to the bed. And I bugged out. I was in excruciating pain. Something had happened in my spine. I don't know. I was in excruciating pain. I was screaming. They ended up coming in and giving me medicine. Before that happened, um, let me back. I'm sorry, I'm jumping around. Funny story, haha, I found out after the fact. While I'm in surgery, right, my doctor came out and was having an argument with another doctor, right? So my husband, my husband, my mom, and my sister were all there waiting. And my husband saw them fighting and he could see that my doctor was getting all heated. His name is Dr. Benitez. Great, great, great doctor. So he, um, my husband went over to Dr. Benitez and said, what are you doing? And he said to the other doctor, you, my wife is in there. Why aren't you in there? He goes, oh, no, this is nothing. Your wife is being prepped. Don't worry about it. And Josh, my husband, said, you need to leave. He said that to the other doctor. The other doctor left. He took my doctor's shoulders, right, by the, his hands. And he said, you need to go back in there and act like that is your mother on the table, right? So Dr. Benitez said, no, 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 no. Everyone's like very important. And Josh goes, no, like it's your mother. I'm like, oh my God, he could have killed me from you saying all this nonsense, right? So um, they did the procedure and then I was in the IC, it was a neuro ICU. I was there for two and a half weeks. And when I woke up, I saw that uh, like a square on my head was shaved off and there were stitches there. And I said, I, I was like, oh my God, what happened to my hair? And I said, this is a doctor. He goes, well, would you rather have the hair or be dead? I'm like, well, I gotta want my hair. <laughs> so I had a big, you know, square there. And then in the- So much square, for bedside manner, huh? No, no, he was excellent, excellent. Guy. Just kidding, yeah. So, so after the surgery, the, the first, uh, two weeks, the reason they keep you in the neuro ICU is because you could have something called vasospasm. And what it is, it's like mini stroke that could happen in your, in your brain, right? So they had to make sure that those things weren't happening. And so that's why they kept you in the neuro ICU and they were watching me and whatever. And there was one point where first the spot where the um, tube had to go and then the femoral artery um, got really hard and black. So I called the nurse, they were like, oh, that's not good. And so they were doing this thing where they were pushing it down, I guess, to uh, like try to avoid a blood clot from happening. Mm -hmm. So that happened. And then I don't know how much time later, I literally vomited for like 24 hours. And they equated that to like some kind of a uh, reaction, I guess, to all the stuff that had happened. So that happened. Then the thing that happened when I was on the chair happened. There were only certain things that I remember. I remember watching the Olympics and I saw um, Phelps win his title. Remember when he won seven or eight or whatever it was in a row? I watched that. That's what I watched while I was in the hospital. Because of the brain aneurysm, I can imagine there would be short-term and long-term effects. Can you tell us what that has been like for you? What have you experienced? I, I, uh, my, one of my friends had given me a travel magazine, you know, to like try and chill and whatever. And the words, I looked at them and everything was all jumbled. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not gonna be able to read again. And over time, 
I was able to read, but I wasn't able to comprehend like the way I normally would. So I'm sorry if I get emotional. So I was, um, to bring myself back, I had loved Harry Potter. And so it's like, it's a children's book. I should be able to read this. It's okay. It's okay. It was a lot um, to deal with that. Like I was like afraid that I wasn't going to be able to do the things that I like to do. So I was afraid to read. And more importantly, I was afraid to knit. And I, oh. I, I knit and crochet for, I love it so much. I can't even express to you if I, if I go a day without doing anything like that. I don't feel like complete, you know? And right before the aneurysm, I had been working on this. Um, I was knitting a pig for my son and I was afraid to pick up the knitting needles. It wasn't until I got home that I picked them up and I was able to do it. So I was relieved, but it took me so long to even just get to there because I was so afraid, you know? What an incredible journey that you have experienced and what you are still ex experiencing what has helped you along your journey to recovery and survival so bear in mind a neurosurgeon is not the same as a neurologist a neurosurgeon all he does is goes in and fixes the problem and so aftercare the support at least back then was terrible it was like non-existent they had like um in-person support groups but i went to one and i did not feel comfortable with that and then facebook actually saved me i have to be honest their groups were like godsend because you go into these groups and they're private so you can speak your mind right these people completely a hundred percent understood what i was feeling and going through and you know the similarities are crazy. I mean, everybody had their own, just like, you know, when you have a baby, everybody's pregnancy story is different. This, everybody's is different, but there were so many similarities. And one of them is the aftercare where you don't know what to expect. Like I remember there was one instance where I felt like popping was happening in my head after I was already home. And I was like, what the hell is that? Like, what's going on? Is another one happening? Cause that was the biggest fear for like a long time. Like another one was going to happen. And I called a neuro, neuro, neurosurgeon and he said, um, that's normal. Why didn't you tell me that before? You know, um, oh, wow. you know, there's, there was, there were certain things like he, I knew there were going to be deficits and what deficits just means is like, my body is not the same as it was. My brain does not work the same as it was. I'm a, a different person now. Um, I don't behave the same. My filter is gone my patience level is gone you know one of the main things that my husband was worried about is that my personality was going to change because that was one of the things that is one of the things that can happen is you can get personality changes um short-term memory loss i have that there's something called aphasia or language aphasia where if let's say i'm talking and it's it's quite possible this could be happening and i don't know right now i could say this is white when in black I could say this is black when in fact it's white or vice versa. And it's just because my brain's not processing it. There are days where 
um, you know, I can't pick up social cues ever anymore. Like sometimes I'll be like, why is that person looking at me? Like, you know, like she's looking at me funny, like she's mad at me or, you know, whatever. Like, I don't know if it's like I'm being paranoid or it just I'm feeling it or it's my brain making that up or whatever. This headaches, daily headaches I have. I have tried everything under the sun. I smoke now and that helps. But, you know, it's 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 literally a crapshoot. Sometimes the smoking doesn't help. Sometimes the pills don't work. Sometimes, you know, I had I made this bag with um, beads and put like, um, what's that called? Uh, eucalyptus and stuff and, and put it in the refrigerator, put it on my head, you know, like all the different things, whatever. Anyway, really what I wanted to try and get across, and you guys can ask me whatever you want, honestly, um, is if you feel like something's just not right, go to the hospital. You feel like this kind of a pain happened, go to the hospital. It can't hurt. You know, what the worst thing that's gonna happen is you get, you, you, you die. You know, this is not something that you play with because you just don't. It, one in 50 people die from it. And for me, I, somebody was watching over me because the location where I had it, I had a one in three chance of dying. The, the, the initial burst, I had one in three chance of dying. And then the two week period, I had a one in three chance of dying. So, you know, my friend's like, oh, you won the lottery. And I'm like, this lottery is like a fucked up lottery because yeah, I'm alive and stuff and I'm okay and I'm good and my family's here, but it changed the whole dynamic of our family. It changed our financial situation. It just, you know, it just, so anything you guys want to ask me? First, I just want to say thank what an extraordinary story, you know, that, that you shared with us, your personal experience. Just, it really is mind-blowing, um, the extent of the impact that it continues to have on you. The experiences that you went through when you had the, the aneurysm take place. Um, a couple of things that you shared in, in your post uh, that I saw on Facebook, and you had a chance, we had some of this discussion uh, a number of times. Um, but the fact that an estimated 6.5 million people in the U.S. have an unruptured brain aneurysm, which is one in 50 people, the annual rate of rupture is approximately 8 to 10 per 100,000 people, which is about 30,000 people in the United States um, will suffer a brain aneurysm rupture each year. Um, and a brain aneurysm ruptures every 18 minutes. Seeing that, reading that, on your post that you made just seriously blew my mind because it it's a lot more prevalent than what I had first believed. And um, I think what's so frightening is you just don't know. Right. Other than, yeah. You don't know. And the thing is they don't do any kind of screening. There's no screening at all. Like literally, unless your neurologist, you know, like say you have like a lot of headaches and whatever, you could say, hey, why don't you do an MRI on me and check, make sure I don't have anything wrong, you know? People who have migraines tend to have, you know, they're the ones that should get checked. There's no screening at all for it. So it's mostly if you have bad headaches and you go see a neurologist, it's only until they say, okay, let's go do send an MRI. And an MRI is a, is a, a you know, like picture it's an ultrasound for your brain, but the MRA is the, is an ultrasound for your, for your brain, but of the arteries. So that's what they send you once, like when I got, when mine ruptured, that's what they send me for is to check the specific art is just to, 
is to check arteries specifically. So, but there's no screening for it. Like basically it's a crapshoot. And I think that's what's so frightening. You know, that's what, of course, one of the things that's just so frightening about it. Um, and I, I heard you say at the beginning that um, women of color are more likely to suffer. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with like a high blood pressure because like, um, for example, uh, I apparently can't take Advil anymore. Advil is a, a vasoconstrictor. It constricts your arteries. Um, and so I'm not allowed to take that. Anything, any cold medicines that have that, pseudo blah 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 whatever that word is mm -hmm. i can't take any of those those wow. all constrict your arteries wow so i use vicks vicks <laughs> <laughs> is good Vic well, well i swear i swear by vicks vicks is the best yeah it's just the old school remedy it is it works before are you prone to any kind of like were you having headaches prior or anything just nothing so you nothing. You had no idea that you were at risk of a no. aneurysm. No, according to um, one of the doctors that I had seen after the fact, he said that he looked at my eyes and my, the, you know, the veins in your eyes. He said that from there, he could have told that I had high blood pressure for years that was undiagnosed. Who knows if that's true? And you know, oh, here, oh. Um, and this may just be off subject just a tad, but it's it's my understanding that through um, eye appointments, when you go for your eye exam, they have a, a, a technology and it's been in effect for quite a few years or more. Um, there's a technology that can actually read your eyes to tell what kind of health ailments that you may have. Really? So, yeah, yeah. So that may be something, you know, we That's can all look yeah look into, but, but is it a special test yeah it is a special is test where, where you put your eye in and a puff of air into yeah. your eyes is well, that I'm it not, i'm not sure but what i do know is that insurances is so expensive that insurances won't pay for it i believe it that out, oh. it is an out-of-pocket expense but the the eye doctors do you know ask you if you want to take the test now and this is how i know is because i had um started seeing like what they call floaters mm -hmm. me too in my eye and so and then i was getting like a flash of light in my left eye mm -hmm. and that was just you know i'm i'm aging gracefully mind you but it was just such it was such a shock to me i'm like oh my god what's going on with my eyes so it is something that i needed to check out so i went to to the eye doctor and he pretty much said there was nothing going on with my eyes. I was fine, but he did want to know if I wanted that test. And so I, I asked him to explain it to me. And this was right before COVID. So it's more recent than, oh. than an old process. So he explained it to me, he said, it is one. And, and it, the, the patient, if I may, has to agree to take the test because it will reveal health issues or mm. potential health problems. Um, but again, um, the, your benefits on your job, they don't tend to pay. Some folks have better insurance than others, but um, my job, I don't think they would, were gone. I said no to it because, you know, quite frankly, 
I didn't want to know the rest of it. I, all I wanted yeah, I to know was that my floaters <laughs> and my flash of light was no no concern. So, you know. Get, um, guess, guess how much the, the whole thing with the aneurysm and everything, how much it cost? How much? I can't even imagine. Guess. Maybe 10, well, let me see, uh, maybe 200,000. You're close. Go up. 300, 400,000. 350. 350. Wow. I'm still, I'm still paying the doctor. Right, wow. right, right. And so that was your hesitance of going into the ambulance. Yeah. The ambulance ride, wait, wait. The ambulance ride from the hospital by me to up there, $4,000. Right. I, I've heard that ambulance rises are quite, quite expensive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but of course it could have, you, you were, you know, not so much were, but are very blessed because you kind of fought getting the treatment you needed immediately. You know, it could have, it could have been a different scenario. Yeah. It's my understanding that, you know, with an aneurysm or any kind of brain trauma, you, you had, you are pressed for time before you be potentially become a vegetable so blessing yeah. you it's good to talk to you you too and it's, great, it's great information because you never know you can be around someone and this can happen you your conversation can help us help our friends today yeah well yeah. i hope god forbid it happens to anyone else i would not wish this on the wor my worst enemy honestly yeah, yeah. i had a um one of my oldest friends, one that predates our friendship, Linda. What? <laughs> <laughs> April and I go back to our 13-year-old, 14-year-old life. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh my so gosh, I... you said that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> I can say it. You can't say it. Right. <laughs> mm, get yeah, me in trouble, why don't we you? Were, we were friends, um, like sixth grade when we met. And then um, we kind of lost out of touch for some years and then found ourselves back together again when we just ended up at the same college, right? Um, and so we became, you know, fast friends again, like, like the day never ended, you know, it never stopped. Um, so we picked up where we left off and became, you know, friends throughout the years. And I moved away, you know, to Ohio and lived there for like 20 some odd years and we still stayed in contact. I would still come come down to visit her. And she originally from New York. And um, so when I moved back here in 2007, of course she was very happy because we were back together in the same spaces again. But about three years after that, um, like you said, out of nowhere, she just started experiencing some headaches and um, she got a um, aneurysm and mm. she had an operation. I say she had about maybe three or four. Three or four um, aneurysms? Three or four um, aneurysm. Well, I want to say she had two aneurysms two that happened transpired right. and she had four operations and one of them the shade up part of her yeah. brain they probably did a craniotomy on her okay yeah so she had put clips in her yes yes and so she had a number and then she had another one and it took her life that last time oh, I'm sorry. so i so you know she has a son that that's a survivor you know from her death she only had one child and um the effects that 
that leaves on the family and you know and loved ones is is heartbreaking so mm-hmm. you know as a survivor yourself you know you know is truly blessed that you can tell your story your experiences for those you know who just don't, not even aware yeah. how prevalent yeah. an aneurysm really is did because you get, don't really hear about it no you don't hear about it did he get tested because what they say is if you have children those mm-hmm. children should be tested and you're like direct like if you have a sister or a brother they should get tested too so i had my mom and my sister get tested they were fine and my oldest son got checked he's fine and my second son he's gonna have to get checked but now they they cut it off now you have to be over 21 and like oh, we need okay. a neurologist to say yes they need to get checked because of history and blah blah so the insurance will pay for that if oh. if the neurologist knows that his mom passed from it they'll, mm-hmm. they'll definitely say go get a check and so this way at least okay. he knows and then the neuro- a neurologist can follow him if god forbid he has it so is that genetic it could be genetic yeah, yeah. That, that oh, was okay. my question april that exactly yeah. that's exactly what i was gonna ask. yes it can be genetic okay. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. One of the other things that um, the blood on the brain did was it, it must have done something where it made my brain super, super sensitive. So my doctor did this test on me where she took me off all meds and then put these um, things, nodes on my head to check to see what was happening. Basically, my brain never shuts off now. So I have these little, like, it's like basically little, um, what's the word, uh, seizures going on in my head. It's very, very minor, but enough that it's keeping me awake, right? So, and it, it does stuff to my head, I guess. And there are days where I'll, I won't even be able to understand really what you're doing or sit, not, that's not true, but like, let's say I can't do proper math or just basic comprehension sometimes is hard. And those are my bad brain days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. That's pretty, um, it's a bummer, but yeah. Yeah, it is a bummer. It is a bummer. So how do you, um, are you on like a medication constantly or yes, I have, yeah, I have, um, medicines that are supposed to just, uh, keep my, keep my headaches at bay. Then I have my blood pressure medicine, two of them, and I have a, uh, cholesterol medicine and uh anxiety medicine (laughs) and i have a breakthrough medicine so if it breaks like the headaches come through then i take my more heavier duty of medicine or i smoke so is it is it um diet is it diet at all i don't i'm fairly i eat fairly well i mean i don't think it's diet and I'm asking because you said you were on a cholesterol and I yeah that's just she was my doctor was oh this one, you guys will love this story. So after the aneurysm, right, um, I had to get a doctor. I got a neurologist right away, and then I needed a regular uh, general practitioner. So I went to go see this doctor, new doctor. She's asking me for my history. I said, I had an aneurysm. Oh, no, I'm not going to, I don't want to be, you you can't be my patient. I'm like, what? You're too high risk. I don't want to deal with you. I was like, seriously? I was like, oh, snap. So I called my friend who's a doctor, not here in Maine. And she's like, I have a friend in New Jersey. She'll see you. She's good. It's just a little bit of a drive. I'm like, okay. So I only see her every six months. So 
the half hour drive is not a big deal. And she watches me and she was a little worried that she didn't, my cholesterol was borderline. And so she just was worried that it would go up and then it could cause a stroke, blah, blah. You know, that's, it was just precautionary. Right, right. So of course she didn't suggest changing your diet for any reason. Uh, no, she asked me how, what I ate and stuff like that. So she, you know, I told her generally what I eat. I don't really eat red meat. Maybe I'll have a burger once a week and I mostly eat chicken. Yeah. So um, are you, do you exercise or? I should know. Oh, I do no, 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 no. That looks like I a no. I'm not interrogating you. No, I don't, I don't really exercise. I'll do yoga on occasion. I should be doing yoga because of my knee, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't exercise, so I'm not trying to think okay. or anything. So please don't misunderstand me. <laughs> I was just, you know, probing to just yeah, I hear you. If there, if there are any like warning signs, but based on what you're saying, there are none. Mm -hmm. now, I mean, and I'm thinking, you know, cholesterol is again a warning sign for stroke. Um, high right. blood pressure, obviously. That one. Um, and, and high blood pressure is a silent killer. Is, yes. a, is what I've always been you know, toe. And so, and, and you don't know that you have, like you, no. in your case, you don't know that you have high blood pressure. Yeah. So, um, so why, wait, I'm going to ask you this because I smoke when I drink. So why do you think you uh, smoke? What, what, what is, what do you think the smoking is it doing? It relaxes. It's a, it helps with the pain and it's, it lowers my anxiety. Oh, okay. Okay. And it chills me out, you know? Okay. Well, so can I ask, I, what are you smoking? Are you talking about tobacco? Are you talking about thing, Jane? I have no. I have medical. I have a medical marijuana license. Okay. Oh, okay. Not the same thing okay. Tracy smoked. <laughs> oh yeah, I can relate to the relaxing and the uh, alleviating the anxiety. Yeah, all yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah. Or I, was actually, I was actually debating. I was like, should I smoke before this? I'm like, no, but I kind of want to make sense, so I'm not. Well, you're that would have been okay. We're, we're often uncorked, and, and that is okay. often so you know what? Next time I come visit, and I will. Okay. <laughs> we, we expect you to be uncorked the next I time. I will. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'll uncork with you, sister. Okay. But, okay. Well, you are brave, and I do. I appreciate you sharing your story. It's very informative for me because, you know, it's just some things you don't know what to look out for. For example, Heart attacks. They you know they say that heart attacks happen different ways in I different know. people. You know. Yeah. So again, an aneurysm, same same thing. You know, high blood pressure, same thing. So, yeah. thank you. The body I, is mysterious. The body, you know, and we're all different. It, it's it's just mysterious. Bi biology is mysterious. Yeah. You know. So every time I every time I hear somebody that has one or died from it, it's usually what happens is somebody died from it. Like, I didn't know, like, uh, you know, Sharon Stone had one, right? I did hear that. I think I did hear that. Yeah. Um, there's like a bunch of, a couple of ball players died from it. Like, a, it's just, when it happens, it's, to me, it's like, oh, shit, you know, another person died from this, you know? And it's, it's not, I don't see how it can be preventable unless they have some kind of a screening. Yeah. So, well, and when you say screening, what are you asking for? What are you saying? The only way to screen is if everybody got an MRA and it's super expensive. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. I see. So, wow. Um, are you, what type of advocating are you doing for, for 
I, I'm, you know, what's funny is this is the first time I usually post since it happened on Facebook during the month, right? And then depending on my mood, it will depend on how much I post. So I didn't post as much this time because somebody that I used to work with said, um, no, you don't sound preachy, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I was like, oh, shit, does that mean I sounded preachy? Like I couldn't, un I didn't know how to interpret that. So I was like, you know what? No, no, don't, more. don't, don't read too much. Go ahead and preach it. Someone, right. this could, you could save someone's life with, with this valuable, I, I personally look at it as valuable information. You know, I mean, because I didn't know there was a such thing as a screening. I didn't know there that. Is no, no, there isn't a screening. There is no well, screening. You said to get I'm, an I'm saying the only real way to screen is if they gave you this test and then right. they would look. But, but can't you, you can ask for the test. You can ask. They're not going to, they're not going to say it's okay. And no insurance is going to cover it. Unless right. you come That's completely out of pocket. Unless you have like a history of uh, migraines and stuff. Okay. That would be the only way if you had a history of migraines and if there's someone in your family that has it, I don't see them, you know, approving oh, it. Okay. That's and I mean. according to the data you shared, um, ruptured brain aneurysms are fatal in about 50% of cases. That's a huge percentage. So half the time people pass away. Uh, of those who survive, about 66% suffer permanent neurological deficit, as you mentioned. And approximately 15% of people uh, with a ruptured aneurysm die before reaching the hospital. Right. So, wow. Yeah, somebody was watching me. Seriously, I was driving. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that, that's, why I'm, that's why I was saying, you know, advocating for, for this screening to go, you know, without being so expensive because it is so, so deadly, if I may. At least 50%. Uh -huh. You know, it 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 kill. You know, it yeah. kills at least fifty. So that's why I was asking, you know, what your advocation for this. You know, how are you? If getting I were, if, if I were to like lobby to like the government or whatever, it would be to, you know, maybe if if they did a if they did some uh, research and found like X percentage of these people have a higher percentage older people have like I think the age average age is between 40 and 50 I had it right before my 40th birthday um, um, and you, it would be the cost the prohibitive the prohibitive cost of the MRI or MRA is you know ridiculous it's like thousands of dollars for one right. 10 minute test or however long so it, it's and minutes. it's so unfortunate that it's almost like that they'd rather keep people medicated yeah opposed yeah. to preventing preventing the call mm -hmm. you know one of the girls that i met in one of my support groups the aneurysm caused her to have epilepsy so now wow. she's epileptic and wow. she just got herself off all her meds and just only smokes weed now but um she had to she had to push so hard to do that and she worked so hard to do that she's still on a couple of meds here and there but not the way it was and her her seizures are like those like ones where they you know you're like seizing up and severe oh wow. yeah like so she, her she's worse off than i am i feel terrible for her um 
but and and she and I would not have been I would not be friends with her had we not met this way because she's a completely different person than I am you know what I mean but because of this it's like we bonded you know and there's a couple of other people in the support group so I mean in with in that regard you know that's a positive Dulce how has it been since post aneurysm I tried to go back to work um I worked for like a year and my that was the worst day my boss came up to me no warning nothing and said um you know we're, we don't something like we don't we don't want to be responsible for you with your headaches and you know you've been making mistakes they didn't tell me any of that before that day and I cried at the office and my husband's like why did you cry and I'm like one of the I was the other side great side effect for this thing is that I literally cry all the you know drop of a hat I see a commercial I'm crying you know well just consider them cleansing tears yeah they're not a bad thing <laughs> yeah, yeah ladies what other questions do you have for Dulce Dulce also is there anything else that you'd like to share with regards uh, well the positive thing is now they're less the the if God forbid you have it, Andrews, and they want to equip you or coil you or whatever, it's much better than when I was, you know, uh, now they do this thing with glue. I don't know how it's done, but they do it with glue. There's another thing called, um, there's a knife that they do also. All these are non-invasive procedures, whereas the craniotomy is super invasive and the um, recovery time is much worse. That's the one where they shave you and cut you, you know, open. <coughs> So oh, I wow. do have a question and I, you know, I'm always got questions. Yeah, go ahead. So in the many groups that you're in, yeah, are there any strong advocates for aneurysms? Are they, or, or, or is it just, and I don't, and just please don't misunderstand my Jess. I mean, is it, or are they just pretty much being support for folks that have had the aneurysm, or are they actually looking to pass law to get the treatments that people that are coming behind you deserve and need? Um, no, one no. of the groups is just support. The other group is this, um, You, I don't know if any of you guys follow baseball. There's a guy, his name is Phil Necro, and he still pitched for the Astros. He died from an aneurysm and his daughter, um, runs this one called, I honestly don't remember, it's some Necro something brain aneurysm foundation that I belong to. And they're the ones that have been doing the most work because she's, because her dad was so famous or whatever, right. she's been more, she's been pushing um, uh, funding for research. Right. And, and right. To, for preventative. Right. So that's what so she, she does. Well, I mean, I don't know if I can encourage you to maybe say to her that I'd like to help you in this process. And because okay. your story is is very impacting. I'm I'm touched. Yes. Um, so in that case, maybe you can let her know that you can help her based on your story with the impact to to folks that are willing to listen and and get and get some feet your story is real it's not nothing that you heard you you've got a real story and you've got informative information you've got facts you've got mm -hmm. doctors you've got um treatments if i may 
Mm. And I'm sure her dad did as well, but yes. you never know. She may be willing to help you help her get the message out. We so, did it. Well, there, there was a period, I can't remember now um, when it was, within the past 12 years, um, there was a push at one point, uh, this woman, I honestly can't remember her name, she's on a TV show, she had an aneurysm, and she was trying to push to, uh, for more awareness, and we did this um, TV spot, and it was me and like five other people, we did a, like a quick blurb about it. And it didn't go anywhere. Oh. Um, so it's it's like we try and then nothing happens. Well, you so that happened a few years back. Like I wonder if that was uh, uh, um, uh, Ali Ozzy's wife because I think I want to What's the say name? Sharon Osborne. Yeah, Sharon. No, no, no not Sharon. No, it wasn't. Her. I, thought she, I thought I heard something about her having an aneurysm. It's possible she does. This, yeah. This, this woman was a youngish black girl. She was in her 20s when it happened. Wow. Um, so she couldn't believe that it actually had happened to her. She had had the surgery. Her recovery time was, you know, quicker because she's always in her 20s. But she wanted to get the word out. And then um, I honestly, I can't remember. Sorry. Well, with all due respect, they don't listen. They don't listen to Black folk when we mm-hmm. speak. So that's- yeah, the people, the, the other people that were in the talking were not all, they weren't all Black. They were white. They were, everybody was a woman it was all women though mm-hmm. right right but yeah I just you know sometimes you just have to press and somebody one one of these doors will open mm. to get the message it's a powerful message it's yeah it, it, you know and it's so unfortunate unless it's happening to some big wig nobody right. answer and I'll just kind of go here but when the opioid addiction mm. When that thing came out, as long as it was in their inner cities and it didn't affect, but then when it started affecting the big guys, right? Okay, now we need to do something. Yeah. Right? So you know, unfortunately, and we don't know how how many big guys or big people that, if I may, because we're all equal, but you we don't know how many it's affecting. So that's a piece of that could be a piece of potential research as well. Yeah, but you know what, Biden. Biden had one. Oh, the really? President. Yeah. Recent since he's been president? No, no, from when he was younger. He had one. Oh, he had it he had it treated, but he had one. Yeah. So but yeah. it's not going, you know, he doesn't yeah. talk about it. He's not I, gonna, I just, he's not yeah. going to talk about it cuz that's weak. Well, yeah. right president. now, right now he won't talk about it because he's in presidency and he doesn't want anyone to think he's incompetent. What they're what they're some folk are pushing that he has dementia and I think early yeah. Alzheimer's. So they're pushing that he has something going on. Yeah, it's, it's he's having aphasia from the aneurysm. Right. He's having the language issue. That's it. That's what they're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't want to push that because then it again, like you said, it looks like he's weak or right. incompetent. So I do want to say, to oh, go ahead, Trace. I'm sorry. No, no, I just wanted to say blessings to you. Um, stand on your conviction, stay strong, and I'll, I'll, I'll continue to send out prayers, you know, that your mind will stay relevant and in, in its whole self, if that, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
I do want to say that there is apparently money out there. And when I say that, um, I, I'm kind of new to this organization. It's a, a Podcasters Association of Florida. And the head of it, a gentleman named Chris, Chris Kremitzis, um, ta has talked about um, cause-based podcasts. Now, ours is not necessarily a cause-based podcast. However, we do discuss causes. Uh, and he mentioned that there are organizations in, uh, in, in and around the DC and Maryland area that are looking specifically for podcast platforms to support financially. I just heard about this on Tuesday. So I'm going to explore some of the resources that he's mentioned. I have a standing virtual um, meet, town hall meeting with them uh, on every second Tuesday of the month. So I'm gonna do some research in between now and when I meet with them again and see what I can find out and you know see what we might be able to do to uh, bring some attention, some awareness, and some money to to this cause because I, I think it's it's definitely necessary. Hmm. I was looking up, uh, you mentioned <laughs> that celebrities um, who had annual and I saw Sharon Stone, mm -hmm. um, but I didn't know that the girl from Game of Thrones. The, um, oh yeah, is that yeah. who you were trying Daenerys. to recall? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. she had he, two. She had two, and one of them happened while she was filming. Yeah, I just read That's that. Crazy. I would have said, I was like, oh my God. I, you would have never known. No. You would have wow. never known. And wow, Brett Michaels. Remember Brett Michaels? Yes. Yeah, he died from it. He did die? I think okay. so. I think he did die. Uh, Kevin Sorbo, Hercules. He, I used to watch Hercules all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah yeah okay <sighs> man well, this is say nothing again, to play with it's not yeah thank you again uh for sharing any other questions or anything else ladies well i want to give you a chance to say if you would like to plug dulce's designs dulce's designs d-u-l-z designs i have an etsy shop currently i'm selling patterns I've been, that's the only positive to this. The only positive is that my creativity has flourished. So again, I was nervous. I was scared. So I had literally for years and years and years, every time I make something, I write it down so that I can make it again. And I, now what I've been doing is I've been putting them together and selling the patterns so that anyone else who wants to make whatever that it, a thing that I've designed can make it. So I have it on, on, on Etsy, my Etsy shop and also on Ravelry, which is a uh, knitting and crocheting site for knitters and crocheters and also Dulz Designs, D-U-L-Z Designs. Outstanding. Thank you. We will definitely share um, your links um, yes, so that please. we can promote you. Yes. You could uh, be for... the next. Uh, I remember back in the day when I used to have patterns. You were going to the fabric store and they Excellent. have patterns. Yes. You could be the next McCall. Oh, right. Imagine. <laughs> Don't say. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Call it what it is. And, and, you know, I just believe that God doesn't make mistakes and all things are designed. Mm. And so you're doing exactly what you are called. You know, to I had to, that was one of the things I had to accept all the changes and be like, okay. This is it. I could move on. I'm going to let it be whatever it's going to be. It's not going to be on my time frame, clearly. 
So I just have to let it go with the flow. And that's just what's been happening of late. So they say, let, I, go, I tell, let, God. let go, let God. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Bravo. Slowly but surely, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, again, thank you for joining us. Listeners, you can listen to our podcast on all podcasting platforms, well, most podcasting platforms, not all, most podcasting platforms such as not Spotify. Yet, but it <laughs> not will yet, be. but we're growing. Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, just to name a few. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, Uncorked in Conversation, as well as a brand new 189 member strong Facebook group, public group. Called Wine Down with Uncorked. Find us on Facebook, Wine Down with us. We love to share inspiration and, and just great thoughts and great, great feelings each day. You can find us on Instagram at Uncorked in Convo, on Twitter at Uncorked N, Uncorked the letter N. And I believe that is everywhere. Did I miss anything, ladies? <laughs> Thank you, right. Thank you got it. Thank you got it. All right. Well, this has been a great night. Thank you, ladies. Let's go ahead and wrap up. We have enjoyed you all listening to us. And until our next episode, be well. Thank you for listening to Uncorked in Conversation. This podcast is co-hosted by Linda White, April N. Brown, Tracy Langford, Paulette Irvy, and Sarita Boston. It is produced and edited by April N. Brown. The music is by Ben Sound.